Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hammer, what do you think? Final 25 games, who outside of De'Aaron and Domas, who is the most important player for the Kings? Yeah, that's tough. You know, to be honest, I, I think that, like, the next four guys, right, they have this group of players, uh, Keegan, Harrison, Kevin Herter, Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. Like, two of them have to be really good every single night. Like, so I don't care who it is. They need to have, like, a revolving door of, like, who's going to be great tonight. As long as it's two of them. Ride the hot hand. And if it's three of them, that's fine. You know, they need to hit three-point shots. I think that might be like the most crucial thing for the the stretch run. I mean, clearly the defense has been an issue all season long and you can't just expect this team to make like crazy strides out of nowhere. Uh but they have to be better on that end. Um but I don't think there is one specific player like outside of Fox and Domas. It's it's got to be a collective because that's kind of they're all lumped together as far as talent-wise at this point. You don't think they need a like a solid for lack of a better, like a solid third, like definitive third guy. You know, Who's the I, third man? Yeah, so I think they need a solid third every night, but that can be a different It could be player. anybody, okay. Yeah, and then I would even say this. The other thing is they need to not have, like, the the complete meltdown by one of these players. So we had Harrison Barnes early in the season. Mm-hmm. We had Malik Monk from, like, December 3rd until, like, January 20th mm-hmm. where he couldn't hit a shot. We had Kevin Herter, who's in that funk right now. Keegan Murray has had it, like, for four or five games spurts here and there. That needs to go away. The final 25 games, everyone needs to be locked in. Everyone needs to be focused on the final prize. Mm-hmm. And they need to push forward with this this group and, like, take turns being great. Maybe this is a different question. Maybe it's the same question. We'll find out. Who do you trust to be that guy on a nightly basis? Is there anybody on that of the others that you trust? I believe even if he's not doing it right now, I believe he'll figure it out and, and give you that extra punch on most nights. It's Harrison. Like we you remember this is the same discussion we had before the season started. Right, who's going to be the third leading scorer? And and I think that like it could have been one of any one of these guys, right? These four guys. 
but Harrison was the odds-on favorite to be that guy because he's been that guy repeatedly throughout his career, and I think he's the guy who's the most capable of showing up each and every night and, and giving you something consistently. He His body knows what it feels like to be that guy every single night, where I still think that we look at Malik, we look at Kevin, and certainly Keegan, they're, they may want to be that guy, but their bodies might not be ready to be that guy. Like Harrison is a seasoned NBA veteran, 10 years in the league. He knows exactly what it takes to average 18 points a game, 20 points a game, 15 points a game, like whatever it is that he's been asked to do, mm. he knows what it feels like to do that. And so he's the guy that I still think is is the, the one. Like, But does that mean he's the most important? I, I don't know. Like if Malik Monk can be who Malik Monk was early in the season and who we've seen over the last like five games – he can be a huge difference maker. But, you know, if Keegan Murray can keep shooting the ball at 45%, he can, from three, he can be a huge difference maker. Uh, and then Herter, if like Herter can be the guy who shot 50 something percent in the first half of the season, um, you know, you might, you might be able to, like, it, it's got to be a collective, though. Each of these guys have to kick in. Hmm. Hammer, what do you think about the uh, travel saga? that has gone on all day with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Of course, we know that uh, Portland's in, in Sacramento now, and we also know that Dame Lillard's not playing. We know that Jeremy Grant's not playing, uh, in addition to Anthony Simons and Yusuf Nurkic, guys who were who were already ruled out before uh, this whole travel saga, travel saga began. But I know you've been following it and tweeting about it all day. Like, what, what do you, What's your opinion on this? Yeah, I mean, my first opinion is, like, doesn't everybody have like the ability to look at their phone and see the weather that's coming? Like, I just why did they wait until they got to a point where they had to sit on the tarmac for six hours and and basically burn their players out, and then everyone go home and we'll see you back in the morning? Like, I'm not sure what happened there. Like, that should have been something that, like, it's not. This is a secret. A giant storm was coming. Why didn't you get out before the storm? Um, and, and then the other thing is like, look, I like I've talked to people at the NBA, like, and I know people at the NBA. Uh, they make the final decision always, like on whether a game is canceled or not. Mm -hmm. The team, of course, if they can't get off the ground and get to another city, that's one thing. But there isn't going to be mm -hmm. some sort of like special treatment getting given because you you show up three hours before the game or something. Mm -hmm. It is what it is. A league sets the standard and. Like we talked to De'Aaron Fox today at practice at shoot around and like, is this weird? Is this a, have you been through this before? And he said, no, he's wrong. Like this is kind of like what we dealt with the night the pandemic shut the season down. Mm. We're all just sitting there waiting for the no. New Orleans Pelicans to come out of the locker room. They never mm. did. And I'll bring up too the other situation that I've covered is uh, me and Jerry Reynolds and Jim Cozumore got stuck for I think it was an hour and 45-minute pregame show uh, because the NBA wouldn't call a game that was in Philadelphia when somebody— Condensation. —left a door <laughs> open. that. And the AC <laughs> kicked on, and it flooded the floor with, like, That's weird crazy. I remember that. We got stuck on the air the whole time, and the NBA wouldn't call the game hmm. officially— and we just kept going and going. Was and that going. the night Boogie was out there yeah. with towels? He was out there out with a the squeegee. And him and Matt Barnes were in the locker room with Hennessy. And, and then uh, <laughs> Costa Kufis went out on the court and was slipping around like you can, like, it felt a little bit like uh, when Mark McGuire was on 
at at uh, Candlestick Park the night that the earthquake happened, mm. and they they show Mark McGuire like acting like the earthquake just hit, mm-hmm. and that's but that's what like Costa was like moving around funny on the court, and actually Costa was one of the players who walked out and said. No, we're not doing this. He's mm-hmm. uh, like, th- this is unsafe, mm-hmm. and someone's going to get hurt. We're not doing this. I will not play tonight. And luckily, like enough players stepped up and said, we're not going to play. But the league has to call. The but game. that's the same thing no that else. happened with the New Orleans game, right? Is the NBA wasn't calling it until the Pelicans were like, we're not. The playing. NBA was in the house. They were there that night because they were worried. It was the last game on the schedule. They had sent someone there. They knew how big the game was. It was uh, it was a TNT game, right? Or uh, it was the ESPN, ESPN game. game. Yeah, yeah, so it was a big deal. Uh, they had a representative on on site for that night, and yeah, it. I mean, they're part of it. But if a team refuses to play in that situation, you have two choices: either you can basically say they forfeited, or you know, we're in this weird situation at that point where, like, everything is happening, like, in real time. I mean, that, that whole night was wild. Well, it was, it, it was, it, it, that, that, the NBA was at fault for that. You had already shut the season down. Mm-hmm. It was already clear. The mm-hmm. season's over. There's the famous Mark Cuban finding out on his, like, oh, my God, they shut the season down. Yeah. And they play this worthless, like, half of basketball with the Dallas Mavericks and somebody else. There Oklahoma. was there were, uh, well, that's no, where it was. No, right? no, no, no oh, that, that was, was Utah, right? Yeah, Oklahoma. yeah, Utah and Oklahoma City. That's where. Yeah, but, but there was a, there was Dallas a Dallas was game on like Detroit or something. It was like on that. TV. It was on ESPN. It was the yeah. Game oh, got it, and got they it. caught yeah. Mark Cuban finding out. Oh my God, the season can- is canceled on his phone, and he runs over and like shows everyone, and so everyone knows as this game is finishing, yeah, that the season's over. There was no. It should have been clear. If you're watching on the, there's no game after this. It's over. We're not going to Sacramento to watch the Kings and the Pelicans play. Well, it's the, over. The game would have happened if it wasn't for the fact that the official had ref the game two days earlier, which is so dumb. That's so against dumb. Utah, mm-hmm. where Rudy Gobert was there. Pa- what would they call him? Pa- patient zero. Patient zero. <laughs> Well, I, I, again, like we Rudy Gobert, you want to blame Rudy Gobert, but like uh, in started all started COVID, like well, Rudy Gobert could be the the reason that you know maybe uh, like a hundred thousand people are still alive because because that moment shut down not just the NBA, mm-hmm. NCAA followed everyone suit, followed NHL yeah. followed suit except the Big East. The Big yeah. East tried to truck hey, on for on, man. The, Big East, man. the Big East tried to truck on for yeah. another another doing, couple man. games, and then they were like, you know, I think they didn't they quit at halftime. I think didn't so. they stop again? They're like, yeah. you know, this is never mind. This is a, <laughs> yeah. this is a bad idea. No, the, so, the like so Rudy Gobert saved everybody except the Big East. <laughs> yeah, I mean, those are like mass spreader events at the initial stage. Like, yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Like yeah. that whole entire buildup, like. I know I had flown up to Portland because the Kings played Portland on Saturday night. Uh, I have a buddy who I went to high school with who is in who lives in Portland. I flew up to Portland on Friday. Uh, he works in Seattle during the week and flies home for the weekend. So he had just made it home. We went out to dinner with him and his family. So he was in Seattle where like really Seattle the outbreak is happening, right? Yeah. And so we went out to dinner. Then the next night I was in Portland, seventeen, eighteen thousand fans. Mm. We I flew back. That uh, the next morning, the Kings had a back-to-back against Toronto. Mm. Got off the plane, drove straight to the arena, went straight to the arena for the game, and again another fifteen, sixteen, seventeen thousand fans being around. Plus, two airline 
two flights. James Ham, the original super spreader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I got Gobert. done, I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like this is crazy how like you didn't think about it at the time, but as it starts to unfold, uh, it was wild. Yeah. I remember those two games too. They they won in Portland. It was like the first win in forever in Portland. It felt like, and they were playing really, really well. Mm-hmm. Did they play Memphis before that too? In Memphis, I don't remember. But they they won in Portland, and then they came back and lost to Toronto, and that was when you did like a live watch or something mm-hmm. like that. And the guy in the background, they lost to like a bad inbounds play with like four seconds left and the guy was like luke what are you doing you idiot <laughs> oh that guy and the tv camera picked it up yeah and the tv camera yeah. picked it up i yeah. actually um for I, I had that guy i've actually had conversations with him in the past before that game i didn't know it was him mm. he called me over uh, uh the next game um, which I, I guess was a Toronto or whatever. Like he called me over and I went over into the stands. He's like, Hey man, that was me on the, on the TV. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh really? He goes, yeah, that was me. He's like, Luke, you is idiot. there any way you can apologize to Luke Walton for me? And I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, I just lost my mind in the moment. <laughs> like I, I had been hearing it all around me and I just lost my mind. And then He's like, I turn on the TV and it's my voice coming through, and he's like, I feel really, really bad. Tell him, I, don't worry. If it, if it wasn't him, Cheryl and El Grove oh, would have done yeah. it. <laughs> they would have. They would have to uh, take the sound out. You know, when somebody's yeah. cursing and it's just dead silence. <laughs> just a, just a weird delay where everything goes silent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheryl and El Grove. Uh, well, the game is happening. Uh, it's not delayed, and I, I don't. You know, we could speculate on where they would have had to have gotten to. Uh, for the game to be delayed, but none of that matters. Um, we'll get some version of the Portland Trailblazers and hammer our feeling. It's just, this Oof. puts more pressure on the Kings now. I don't feel good. You got a team who's showing up and walking off the plane, getting taped up, going to play basketball, and Dame's not – all of your starters are out. Yeah. Unless I'm missing, uh, unless I'm missing oh. someone, all of your starters are out. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Grant. Uh, Jeremy Anthony Grant's Simon. out. Anthony Simons is out. Dame's out. Yusuf Nurkic is out. I yeah. think Who, they have Cam Reddish as a who's starter. Who's the fourth starter? Okay. Well, but, I mean, whoever's so. the fourth starter. I mean, Thibel will play. Cam Reddish will play. Um, like, uh, what's his Watford? Is Thibel, his you should have traded for me, game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Archer Diniaco. See. <laughs> They should just bring, call Scal. <laughs> call Scal, see if he can come out and torch the Kings again like he did. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Is Harry still there? Can no. they get Harry there? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like I've watched that team, the last game of the season in Jaeger's final year, uh, the Kings scored, what, 83 in the first half and lost. And, yeah. and the Blazers. Yeah, I want to take pictures. I remember that. The Blazers only played six players, including Scal and Simons, and like it was, it was crazy. Didn't Simons have like 37? Yeah, Scal had a big night too. Yeah, that was brutal. So he scored all those points in the first half. That's all. That's amazing. Oh, that's incredible. We'll come back. Uh, we'll relive some more fun memories with James Ham as we uh, good COVID do. times with we'll, James <laughs> Ham. <laughs> New podcast coming to the Odyssey platform. That's right. Good COVID times with the original super spreader. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, James Ham. Uh, Matt George joins the party. Uh, as we'll get Mac. a recap, <laughs> Mac George. 
Uh, we'll get a recap of his uh, trip to his motherland. Um, hear about how his all-star weekend went when we return here on Sacramento Sports Leader. We're going commercial free to the top of the hour on ESPN 1320. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. No, no, no. Back to D-Lo and KC. D-Lo and on ESPN 1320. Matt George did not disappoint. Uh, if you're listening on the Odyssey app, uh, if you're listening on 1320 AM, when you have a moment, head over to the YouTube feed. Um, the good brother, uh, Matt George, did not disappoint. Fresh from his trip to the motherland in Utah, uh, Matt is with us. Matt, I've decided your name should actually be Mac George, uh, given... Oh. Given that your uh, your buddy uh, uh, who won the slam dunk contest, his name is Matthew. So I think oh. we're just going to call you Mac George from now on. <laughs> we're finding the I'm finding this out live on the air. I actually did not know that. I his thought Mac is, was his first name. No, his well, na- his name is Matthew. See, for the mats, do it for the mats. <laughs> uh, were, were you there? Were, did you did you see your boy? Of course I was there. Was Thank that? God he saved the night because we were in doom and gloom land on All-Star Saturday night sitting up in the media section looking for drinks <laughs> based off of well, what happened in the three-point contest. Wasn't happening there. No. <laughs> there was... <laughs> wasn't happening there. Y'all forgot where you were. All of the day. They had plenty we ended of up with glasses of milk. That's what we got. We, we ended up with glasses of milk <laughs> Glass, while we watched Mac put on the show. Glasses of milk and the good news is what you got <laughs> in Utah. But overall, uh, how was your trip to All Star Weekend? It was a blast, you know, to to find out where I truly belong, to meet a bunch of people that you know that look like me and are like yep. me. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, it was it, it was a lot of fun. It was cold, but not as cold as I was expecting. Uh, and it's an incredible experience. Like to me, um, the media side of it was way better than the events. Like mm. the events themselves were like, okay, whatever. 
But the media side of it, the access that we had on Friday and Saturday mornings to be able to talk to Keegan and all the rising stars and the next day talk to all the all-stars and all the uh, uh, competitors in all-star Saturday night, just having that access and being around that much star power and being able to talk to them and not just talk to the Kings representatives, but to talk to, like I got to talk to Mike Malone and ask him some questions about the Kings and the Beam. Now this was before his podcast appearance. So Mm -hmm. maybe it might've been my fault. Maybe I opened that can of worms and brought back those memories for him, um, which I, I, I happily accept. Um, But just to be there and, and just to go to the university of Utah campus. And to me, the the most fun part of the weekend was actually like the all-star practices. Like that was the fun that was where the, a lot of the a lot of the energy was. Scott Freshour was helping MC that event, um, so that was a, a lot of good energy and really cool. And just see the players mess around a little bit and have some fun. Uh, the All Star events themselves, while it was cool to be the arena and it was like a milestone thing for me to be in the arena, um, they sucked. <laughs> like, it just it sucked. Like you were there, and, and the the pregame was cool, especially All Star. Like. Post Malone, who's one of my favorite artists, to to hear him, even though the sound and the acoustics in the arena were terrible, uh, mm. to to see him in Twenty One Savage, and then uh, like all the hype and all the build up, and then the game starts, and you're just like, okay, and then De'Aaron Fox comes in and touches the ball once, and you're like, okay, like it would to it was the events themselves were a little underwhelming, but the weekend in itself was an incredible experience. Hey, I, I gotta be real; it's, it just needs to be said, pound for pound. This might have been the worst All-Star weekend of all time. Sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm yes. happy to do it. This was happy terrible. to do it, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> whether you were watching, whether you were there, I mean, it just just wasn't good. No. Mm-mm-mm. It wasn't. Tragic. Yeah. It wasn't. Uh, At least they're going to Indianapolis next year. Yeah, that'll th- things will. Th- th- we could actually send Matt to Indianapolis, too. <laughs> My first mission. <laughs> When is Matt going to get a good All-Star weekend? Someone said, someone, I just can't, locked on Jesus Christ coming to a podcast near you, and I can't get over that. Every Sunday. Um, <laughs> Matt, we've got 25 games left, obviously. How do you feel about tonight's game, by the way, given everything that's gone on with Portland and the fact that Dame is out, Jeremy Grant's out? I mean, the Portland Trailblazers are essentially out of tonight's game against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, what are your feelings headed into tonight's game? I get all of the wounded Kings fan syndrome of Okra, and I even kind of leaned into it a little bit too. Like tonight's going to be the Matisse Thibel, you should have traded for me game where he mm-hmm. drops 50 points and, and makes everybody regret everything on social media. Um, but in, in all reality, like all jokes aside, like there is, there's no excuse and then there's, you like absolutely no, 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 no excuse. And and to me, the mindset should be go in here and wipe the floor with these guys. Like you don't have to blow them out necessarily, but you're the better team. It's not even close. You have something to play for. They kind of do, but basically don't like every single one of these games matters to you. And all wins count the same, regardless of what quality of roster you're playing or you're, you're taking on handle your business, like start to finish Sacramento. There should be no doubt the Kings are lighting the beam tonight and Sacramento should come in and, and not take anything for granted and just come in and I think reestablish the sense. To me, tonight is an opportunity not to beat the shorthanded Portland Trailblazers like you should. Tonight is an opportunity to send a message to the rest of the teams that you're playing during this race, which is we belong here. We're going to defend here, especially on our home floor. Like this is going to be an extremely difficult place to play. We have this fan base behind us that hasn't watched this uh, quality of basketball in, in nearly two decades. Like 
get ready. We're coming for you. Like we're, you put a target on our back. That's fine. We're, we're ready to stand at the top of mountain and fight you off. Like tonight is about sending a message to the rest of the Western conference. And I hope the Kings take the opportunity to send that message. Yeah. What the four with these guys, like run them out of the building, run them out of the building. They got like eight guys. Yeah. I mean, this is, but it's the Sacramento Kings. I mean, how many times do we have to see this where they come into a game against a team that you should, you know, just mop the floor with and they, they don't take it serious. So like, look, this is just another but opportunity. It's not for this the Kings. Kings. Yeah, I think been, that's the. No oh no, there's been there's been situations you're this year. Gonna, you're always going to get that, but there's I mean, s- not, not that not, not not as bad as this one. Like this Portland <laughs> one's pretty bad. There's some pretty bad ones. At least they, Charlotte you know? starters were there. Yeah, <laughs> but look, yeah. But, but look at Orlando. I mean, we were all saying Orlando coming to town. You you should beat them. You lost two in a row, three in a row. You should beat them. They beat them by like thirty. Yeah, but didn't the Kings lose back-to-back games against teams on nine-game losing streaks? Like, yeah. Wasn't that like like yeah. three weeks ago? Who was uh-huh. that? Wasn't that Washington? I thought that was Washington no. and Charlotte, wasn't it? Like, wasn't Indiana and New Orleans? Oh, Indiana. That's right. Yeah. Well, and wait, New Orleans. New Orleans how many starters were they missing? Okay, well, calm. I don't like your tone. <laughs> I'm just saying. New Orleans' like, streak <laughs> had ended at least the night before yeah. or two games before. So they were like, they were working on a new streak. One of their last 10. Yeah. They had won one game in their and, last 11. And, or one of their and last 10. Both games are out without De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, I mean, realistically, this so is a moment where the Kings have to like jump on jump on a team early and understand that they have a, a back-to-back game in L.A. tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. thump a team, have your starters play 25 minutes, end it quick, Leave no doubt and let some of these guys that want to play and want to show what they can do go out there and play. Like, James, you need a little more light in your life. I'm going to introduce you to someone. I'll be at your front door in 20 minutes. Nope. (laughs) He said no. (laughs) Someone had the tagline earlier. It says, locked on Jesus because Jesus stays locked on you. (laughs) He'll never leave you. Uh, Matt George with the good word here on ESPN 1320. (laughs) I'll ask you what I just asked uh, these guys a minute ago, and I'm curious, who's the most, Domas and De'Aaron aside, most important player these final 25 games? No, I I heard you ask this question, and my mind immediately went to where Kenny's went, which was Harrison Barnes. But then Mm -hmm. I started thinking about it a little bit more. And and also, granted, I'm trying to be a little more creative just to bring something different to the table. But I think there's an honest answer, though. Like, if if you know, but I, I, I thought about it more, and my honest answer actually might be Malik Monk. Like Malik is so important to the second unit. And when the Kings have had their successful winning streaks this season, the second unit has been a major part of that. And Malik has kind of fueled that fire and brought that energy. And we're in the final stretch of a season where there's so much focus and so much pressure. I think Malik brings that element of, hey, loosen up, have fun. Like, let's play fast. Let's play our style of basketball. We know what we are uh, and, and we can play our style and force other teams to match us and still be pretty confident in our ability to win games. So Malik brings energy. Malik kind of brings that uh, that lack of seriousness, but in a good way, not in like a negative way, uh, I think, to games. Plus, when he was playing like a sixth man of the year candidate, the Kings were nearly unstoppable with how good that starting lineup is. So if Malik Monk is that sixth man of the year candidate, Malik, for the final 25 games, or the majority of these 25 games, I think the Kings are a lock. I mean, I already think the Kings are a, a, a very... I'm very confident in the Kings being a sixth seed. If Malik Monk plays that well, I think they're an absolute lock. 
I'm with you. I'm with you. You know, a name that I was just kind of thinking about that, you know, I mean, maybe I'm just wishing upon a star here, but I, I think we're going to see the best version of him to to close out this season. Mm, That's Davion Mitchell. Going. Yeah. I think we're going to see the best version of Dave Young. Can I ask a question? Sure. Why? Just your vibes. Like oh, I said, just, vibes. I well, said, okay, said, vibes are important. Like I said, <laughs> no, that's fine. Vibes I could are be, important. I could be wishing upon a star. Ain't nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, I just got a, I got a feeling Dave Young. Um, Stephanie Lattimore? Yeah. Wish you upon a star. And Jane, these guys don't know nothing yeah, about that. Mm, right. They don't know. They went outside. They uh, went you outside. know, like the the issue that I have with Dave Young is kind of the same thing that you have with, with Chemezi is that if you look at the minutes for the guys in front of them, like De'Aaron started the, the season at like a little under 31, and month one, minutes per game, then 32, then 33, then 35, and he's up to 37 a game, and you can see Mike Brown sort of ramping him up. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that there's going to be a lot of minutes. That's fair. And, and that's tough, yeah. and that's really yeah. tough. So uh, when you get to the playoffs, it's, it's seven-man, maybe eight-man rotation, for a lot of teams, and like he's gonna have to, he's gonna have to fight to get into that conversation. I mean, he's gonna play, mm-hmm. but like we're talking, you know, six to eight minutes a game in the playoffs. Like Fox is gonna play if he's healthy, he's gonna play forty plus minutes. Yeah. And so, That's a good point. yeah, it's gonna be tough. What do you think about Davion, Matt? Um, I mean, it's. Uh, it's at the point where, and Mike has kind of been here. This your entire reaction season. said a lot. <laughs> your, your reaction Wait. was like your whole answer. Yeah, I like. I think Mike Brown has been consistent this season with "We can't wait for you," and if, if especially right now, the Kings can't wait for Davion to figure it out. They can't wait for Rashawn. They can't wait for Chemezi. They can't like the seven, eight guys that have figured it out. Like to me, Trey Lyles should be getting the bulk of backup five minutes. He's figured out at least how to be somewhat effective, whether it's in the role that. He's intended to play or not, he's effective when he's on the floor. Keep Trey Lyles out there. Like, keep your best group of guys out there that are ready right now because you cannot afford to have anybody lag behind. And, I mean, he's been consistent holding, like, Keegan Murray to that standard, and and Keegan has fallen behind at times and caught up at other times. And Keegan's in a little bit different situation because he's a starter. And him just being out there, I think, provide he knows what he's supposed to do, whereas, like, Davion and other guys maybe don't. Mm -hmm. But to me, there are seven, eight guys on this roster that absolutely know what they provide and do it consistently. Even on nights that they struggle, they're still trying to provide the same way. Maybe the shot just isn't falling. Those are your eight. And if... You can get nights like tonight, hopefully, where uh, Davion plays a bulk of minutes or other guys in like the 9, 10, 11, 12 category play a decent amount of minutes because you can get away with that and the starters can rest. I think that's their role for the rest of the season. That's a kind of a, a, a good point. I think you, I think all three of you ha- have brought this up, bringing up the, the second night of a back-to-back. This speaks to something, Kenny, you and I were talking to earlier, is they need to get out to a good start tonight. Mm-hmm. The, the the sluggish post all star break start like get out to a good start play this game from ahead yeah. you have every reason to be ahead in this game play this game from ahead and let Mike be able to you know throw Terrence out there for extra minutes or Davion or Rashawn, whoever the hell you want to throw out there <laughs> for extra minutes because you're playing with the lead because I don't think Mike's going to feel like he can do that he can pull De'Aaron or pull Domas or or whoever might have the hot hand if this team is constantly trying to catch up or <laughs> is just trading baskets with a depleted Portland Trailblazers team. Your thought is they're going to run out of gas. It's okay. 
You're not going to take the chance, though. It's like if I have to leave De'Aaron and Domas out there, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Don't put Mike Brown in that position tonight. I agree. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Gary Gerald was there today, and he said uh, that he remembers two other instances like this where the Kings rolled in. He said one game they, they showed up at an arena at, like, 5.30 for a 7 o'clock start. <laughs> My uh, the the he, Kings did? Yeah, the Kings because of weather. and. Oh. He said every time the two games that he can remember in his career where they had really bad travel situations and showed up game day, the Kings won. Mm. He said that they walked in even though, I mean, we're talking historically, the Kings are not usually that good, uh, especially during, I mean, Gary. Spoiler like, in alert. His, in his 37 years or 38 years, I mean, we're looking at like he's seen the playoffs 10 times. I don't know if any individual has seen more losing basketball than Gary Gerald. It's a lot. Yeah, yeah. He did see some winning, though, and the winning, you know, pushes you through. So, uh, But, yeah, the point is that, like, just because you're under man, just because you're you're floating in at the last second, it doesn't mean anything. Like, these guys, AAU ball, they know. You roll up, you get up out of the car, you go in, you play ball. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it, it'll be more, slightly more competitive. But, like, this is also thir- uh, three games and four nights for the Kings to open the post-Ulster. Yeah. Like, they need to have a, a big win early and, and let these guys rest. Yeah, and I think the the way you, you do that, what I would tell them if I was Mike Brown, was, hey, just do what you're supposed to do. Just because people are out and, you know, you think this should be a cakewalk or you think you should, you know, smash these guys, don't do anything extra. The The way that you, you beat them down, the way that you make this uh, a game where, you know, the, the Keon Ellis's of the world are getting in, is by just being solid. Run your stuff. Get a play stop. like Dame's out there. Play, play like, like Jeremy Dame's Grant's out there. Out just there. be solid. That that if you're solid, if you're doing what you're supposed to do on defense, getting stops here and there, turning those stops into easy buckets on the other end. When you're in the half court, running your offense, being solid, not turning the ball over, the lead's gonna get to 25. It's gonna get to 25 just by that. But if you're being loose with the basketball, um, if you're not getting enough stops, you know. You're going to have a situation where yeah, it's an eight-point game in the third quarter. Mm. Nobody wants that. One of the angles that I'm really looking at, too, for the, the first handful of games here in this second half, quote-unquote, I had Katie Christensen on um, Locked on Kings yesterday, and one of the things we talked about was, like, for the last, like, three or so weeks before the All-Star break, we saw the Kings' three-point shooting numbers just plummet. And a lot of the reason for that was, or the it wasn't an excuse, but what people were bringing up was tired legs and fatigue and, and blah, 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 even though the Kings had played not as many games as, as others at that point. So at what point do we get concerned if that three-point shooting struggle continues for this team? Like if we get five games into these final 25 and the Kings are still shooting in the low 30s as a team, now maybe they're still winning games because they found a way to do that, but that's a primary strength of this team. A lot of that falls on Kevin Herter. A lot of that falls on Malik Monk, who has a low three-point shooting percentage, and uh, and other guys just spacing the floor. But I'm interested to see. It was it really just tired legs? Because I still believe this team can win a majority of their games, or at least overcome nights where their three-point shooting isn't there, and they've proven that, which is exciting. But I think they're going to need to lean on that a game or two during this final stretch, and certainly going to need need to lean on that if they want a chance at winning a playoff series. So is it really just tired legs, or or is this team still in a little bit of a slump? I think that's going to be really important to keep an eye out on. Yeah, I'm not. Well, it shouldn't be tired legs today. <laughs> that's no. for sure. Though, like you know, it is. I'm I'm, I'm sure De'Aaron and Domas aren't exactly well rested, 
But I'm also, especially for De'Aaron, I'm very confident he's eager to get this second part of the season going. He, I, I, I think De'Aaron is legitimately as cool, calm, and collected as he portrays himself to be. But Matt, like he wants this playoff streak to end. Like oh, yeah. he, 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 like he's thinking about it. He knows it, and he may not sell it for us. <laughs> but it, 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 if this team clinches, like he's gonna have a moment of reflection where the figurative, you know, four hundred pounds is lifted off his back. <laughs> He made that perfectly clear, too, with his media session after the All-Star game. I thought he handled it as perfect as possible. The only player not to score, you know, some people were maybe embarrassed by that. And he was just super nonchalant about it. And I bought it. Like, I, I believed it. I genuinely believe he didn't care. And, and one of the questions he was asked was, like, now that the All-Star break is over, you get to this race. Like, what do you think? And he goes, he, he goes, this, like, this is done. This three-point, I mean, this All-Star weekend is over with. I'm focused only on making the playoffs. And he brought up the playoffs on his own in one of his answers, saying, like, that's, that's the goal. That's I'm I'm looking forward to having that feeling. So I think he is a hundred percent focused on that. As is this entire team, and w- we would have all liked to see all four of the Kings representatives perform better than they did at All Star Weekend. And I have no idea if Mike Brown and the Kings coaching staff and training staff was telling them to take it easy or not. But it certainly looked like they went there to enjoy themselves, enjoy the recognition, but knew what the real goal was and, and what the intention was. Uh, and and handle themselves accordingly. And that was consistent throughout the entire All-Star weekend for all four guys. Um, so uh, this is what matters to them. This is essentially their playoffs, I think, start tonight. Yeah. I think Fox can smell it. I think he can smell it, man. I think he's he's ready for this moment. There were times in the past in his, in his Kings career where I didn't know if he'd be ready for this type of moment. Like, I didn't know if he would be um, up to the challenge of seizing the moment and and – you know, going after this thing and finishing it off. I've seen this year that this De'Aaron Fox understands the moment and he's ready to take care of business and bring this team, do his part, whether it's carry him or be a part of it. That doesn't matter. He's ready to do his part to bring this team across the finish line. I think he's ready to go for this final 25. Yeah, you know, like he finished the pre-All-Star game like schedule with four straight 30-point games. Mm. Uh, the one game previous to that that he didn't have 30, it was a blowout over Houston, and he, he didn't play all that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the two games before that, he had 30 as well. So basically, he's got six out of his last seven games. He's 30 or more. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to be a 30-point scorer for this team to win. Mm-hmm. But what he does need to do is put pressure on the uh, the opposing team at all times. And that's something that... I think he's learning. I asked him this morning, like, you know, fourth quarter Fox is a big thing. Well, I don't know. If you look at the, the NBA season, you now basically just entered the fourth quarter of the NBA season. Can you be fourth quarter Fox for the last 25 games? Hmm. Because that's what this team needs. Like, the schedule's tough. Like, the competition level is tough. He needs to play like he has in the last, you know, two weeks the rest of the season. That's hmm. who he's got to be. And it doesn't have to be 30 points. But it's got to be really good. He's got to be really, really good for this team to either hold on to the three or or avoid being the seven. But like that's what they need. And I think to what Kenny's saying, when you look at Fox and you hear him talk about it, there is a cool and like calm confidence. And I think that's that's what speaks the most volume to me. Is is you ask him a question about this race, or you ask him a question about the other players that he's going up against or the competition or the strength of the set schedule. And there's this slight grin that he has just this like, yeah, I'm ready. 
Like I, I think like this, the look on the face that you see of a lot of superstars in their moment, in their element, whether it's Tatum or Dame and how many times they just are in the moment and they, they hit a big shot and everybody else is going nuts around them. Like the, the classic Dame half court shot, right. Or near half court shot in the playoffs when he's the only one not smiling and celebrating like he knew it. I think that, that's what I see when I see Fox right now. It's like, we're here. We're ready. It's go time, and no one's stopping me. And that's what I—that's the, the vibe that I get from him. Uh, in an effort to almost certainly piss off James Ham, I'm going <laughs> to ask you. I want to ask you this this question about, you know, we talk about this team defensively, and what we want to see from them over the course of the next 25 games, defensively. You know, James talks about how this this last stretch of the season. Mike Brown even talked about it. Mike Brown probably talked about it with James. The intensity of these games is about the shift. And James, you referenced the, the the Dallas game, how they the Dallas series, excuse me, how they got a little taste of it in that in that in that Dallas series. And I'll ask you, Matt and James, what do you expect from this team defensively? Do you think that they can be anything more than what we've already seen for fifty some odd games? If it, if yes, it's slight, and I think that's. Um... I think that's not asking a lot, but I, like to me, the numbers have started to come out about how how good the Kings have been defensively in the fourth quarter, which I think should yeah. be something for them to defensively hang their hat on, right? They're like top 10 or ninth best defense in the fourth quarter or something like that. Keep that. Can you find a way to make that a half? Mm. Like just find a way for a half of a game to be the ninth best defense in the second half of a game. Or just like, don't be 26th in the first. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe drop that number down a little bit. Exactly. 100%. Just find a way to be just to add a tiny bit more on top of that. But you know who you are defensively. You know your it's your uh, deficiencies. And I think those are really going to come to light when the Kings actually get to the playoffs. But as it stands right now, they are good enough now to get there and handle the rest of this regular season. Focus on that. Then when you get to the playoffs, kind of reevaluate and see where you're at. Um, James, I'm, I'm curious what you think about this. Because to me, like defensively, if you hold the line or make slight improvements, I think that's more than good enough to secure a top six seed. Yeah, I'll say this. Like, First of all, like it's not like during the All-Star break they could send someone and like put them on a rack and stretch them out. Like, the fact is, this team isn't long enough. They're not athletic enough <laughs> to be great defensively. The so, old, the so, old Michael Jordan uh, yeah, get so taller he, like, thing? Yeah, you, hang hang like, from the chin-up bar? Like, let's hang him from the rack and let's, you know, like st- like crank the, the wheel and make them longer. <laughs> oh, the all-star like, break came and these guys got longer lats now. It's crazy. Exactly. So, like, you, that's a problem that this team has, and it's a problem that they should have addressed at the trade deadline. It's a problem that they will address during the offseason. It's something that Mike Brown talks about all the time. Like, look. There's only so much we can do with the limitations of the players, so we have to design the defense specifically to help the players that we have. And we can't we can't design a defense for the players we don't have. That's it. And so, like, I get it. And I'll say this: the one, I, I think there's only one thing that really matters in this in the final 25 games on the defensive end. Can you be good enough to keep your man out of the key so Domas doesn't get in foul trouble? He leads the NBA at 204 personal fouls on the season. Mm. And we've seen it in the beginning of the season, but we also saw it here in the last nine games. He fouled out of three of the last nine games. He had five fouls in two other games. So five of the last nine games, he's in foul trouble. And it's not because he's just like doing stupid things and like 
going full Jason Thompson and picking up three fouls well, in the first Jason half. Jason Thompson yeah, isn't bothering fine. nobody. They don't matter <laughs> at all. You know what I mean? Like, why did you just grab a guy that was running on a fast break when you already knew you had two fouls? Like, why did you do that? But that's not what Domas does. What Domas does is he tries to help his teammates, and he gets called. And so if you can be good enough just to keep the pressure off Domas, then you got a shot to not be not only be good defensively, but continue to be great offensively. Mm. Because if you take Domas off the floor, this team is not great offensively. And we've seen it recently. You see the the dip in numbers? It's because he's not on the floor. Hmm. I mean, he is the linchpin for this team. He's the one that's holding everything together on the offensive end. If you can't keep your guy off of him in the key, then you're going to have trouble. Kales916 in the chat brings up a good question, uh, and I want to know what you guys think about this. He says, or he or she, not sure. He says, why do you think there is a draft drastic difference between the first and the fourth quarter defense? Matt, first thing, what do you right? think? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's the same way. I mean, in, in kind of a similar way, like we see fourth quarter De'Aaron Fox. I mean, everything kind of goes under a microscope at that point. And while uh, I think it's where it might not be the best mindset to have, but when you know you have another, what is it, 36 minutes to make up for any mistakes that you make in the first quarter in the fourth quarter it's it's do or die time and that's i think those are the moments that is the 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 part in the game or the point in the game that i think everybody lives for i mean it's winning time and that just brings out the best in a lot of people um so i think that's a really simple way of putting it i don't think the sacramento kings are trying to do um anything specifically differently in the fourth quarter versus the other three quarters. I also think isolation basketball kind of plays into it too, because typically when you get into the fourth quarter, it gets a little more ISO heavy and I it's easier to f- defend isolation basketball. The Kings have an easier time defending isolation. than They do pick and rolls and offenses with a lot of physicality and a lot of movement. So if you're going to let, I mean, some of the best players are going to go one-on-one against De'Aaron Fox or whoever it is. And De'Aaron's done a really good job in those moments so far this season. Um, but that is typically it's easier to play an overall defense, I think, when four of the guys are standing watching because that's what they're the guys that they're defending are doing while one guy goes on uh, up against the other. And then you just basically have to box out and secure a rebound, which sometimes the Kings struggle to do with, too. Um, but those are the only explanations that I can come up with. Yeah, you know, a lot of that makes sense. I'll say this, too. The Kings are really good offensively in the fourth quarter. Their half court offense is actually really good. They're efficient in the fourth quarter. And the game slows down when you're going back and forth, back and forth, and like trying to push the tempo of the whole game. You don't play great defense. It's just like it's why so many people have like tried to slow this team down, and then they try to push it forward to try to hide some of their problems. When this team is at its best, they're really good offensively. They're efficient, and that means that you are putting the basket, the ball in the basket. You're getting back. You're setting up your offense and. I think that's where like the difference between this team and so many others that I've seen from the Kings is their ability to close out a fourth quarter offensively. Like they're just really tough to defend. What do you think results in more wins? Matt, I'll let you answer this one first. 18th defensive rating or 114 points. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Which do you think results in more wins? They average 114 points the rest of the way or their defensive rating of 18? 
I think it's 114 points per game because one, we know that's what this team can do. And two, I expect defenses to get more physical and to get tougher. And if Sacramento can continue to score at the rate that they're able to score at against defenses who are trying to pick up the intensity and basically show, yeah, you're going to have to work even harder than that to stop us. I, that gives me most confidence going into a playoff series because I I don't know if I could expect a team to or this team to maintain the 18 an 18th best NBA defensive efficiency and defensive rating in a seven game playoff series against the teams that were expected for them to go up against. But offensively, if their identity can remain this offensive ability that even some of the best defenses and better defenses with an, a higher focus and more scouting reports and more stats and more numbers and everything, even they're still struggling to deal with, then I think the Kings have something. I want both. I I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm tired of like, there's no excuse for being this bad defensively. Go out there and play defense. That's it. Go out there, have fun scoring offensively and then go out and play defense. Like that's the end of the, the conversation. Like this team doesn't have an excuse to be this bad defensively. Do they have the length? Do they have the athleticism? Uh, like maybe not to be a top five defense, but to be a top fifteen. Like that's energy. It's effort. It's. But is that going to happen this year? That's the, like if you if you if 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 that's what you wanted next year, I got you. Like I, I'm with you. Twenty five game. We. I mean, we've got fifty some odd games in the book. Twenty five left. Do you think you can get that? I'll say this. You might not be able to get your defensive rating for the entire season down to 18 or down to 15. You certainly can play that well the final 18 games, the final 25 games of the season. So you can have, you can, in the final 25 game stretch, you can be the 18th best defense in that stretch. And if not, then why did you do this whole thing? Because you're just going to get your butt kicked in the, in the playoffs. If you don't play defense now, if you don't learn how to do it, you don't focus on it, you don't get better at it now. You're just going to get trounced. And it's oh. going to be like, oh, that was fun. And then, you know, 4 1. Yeah, and you improve in the offseason. That's what I, you do. I hope, and, yeah. And, and, that's that's and fine. I, I'll take that over a play in loss. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree. I totally, but you understand what I'm saying. No, it's like, I, look, I, I do. You, this opportunity here, we keep you, talking about everybody ramping it up. Like the Kings are part of everybody. Like go out there and play better. Like show that you're worthy of what's really the NBA season. The NBA second season that that starts after tax day every year that the Kings never participate in. I know what they better do. They better keep scoring. Oh, yeah. That's the most important thing. They better keep scoring because that's who they are Mm. this year. Yeah. At the same time, too, like if the offense and the shot gets going and the Kings have a stretch in a playoff series where they're scoring close to 130 a night, like they scored 135 or six straight games, they're an extremely difficult team to beat. Now they're probably giving up 115 to 120 on average in those games. But if that's who they are and that is what they are this season, given the personality or the personnel that they have, go all in on that. Just let that carry you as far as it's going to take you and build upon it. Illustar says Matt's helmet's blocking all the negativity. <laughs> for those that aren't, for those that aren't watching, Matt is absolutely wearing a helmet, and he has worn it through this entire conversation. <laughs> He's worn a helmet, a white shirt, and a black tie. Please tell me that the shirt that you're wearing. Please tell me it's short sleeves. No. Oh. oh. Andy, he's not wearing a name tag either. Oh. Come on. <laughs> can you a fraud. Can you assure me you're going to change before you go to work? 
why? I just, I just, I don't, I don't know if everyone will find you as humorous as we do. There you, are almost eighteen thousand people that I can I, save. To yes, I just don't. <laughs> Unlike James, who, uh, no, he's a lost cause. <laughs> he's a lost cause. I just don't want Shannon to call the people at ABC and like, hey, is Matt okay? <laughs> Did something happen on his trip to Utah? Oh, a- ABC left me in, in Utah. They, <laughs> they said no. Hey, how quickly does the sky fall if the Kings lose tonight? Because it's not losing to Dame Lillard. It's not well, losing. I got the helmet. <laughs> Matt's going to leave that helmet on all night. Kings got to win tonight. Hey, you know, I'm I'm about as optimistic as, as anybody. They lose tonight. That would just be disgusting. <laughs> That'd be disgusting. You can't pack up the rest of the twenty-four games. You cannot lose tonight, Kings fans. If if they lose tonight, you're all welcome at my house. We'll have a little kumbaya circle, and and I'll 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 share with you the light, and you'll be fine. I Uh, I believe you. You you joke. That's what's going to be the Locked On Kings podcast tonight at the Golden One Center. I'm a man of God. I didn't like the way he said that. (laughs) That sounded like sip this Kool Aid. Well, yeah, Matt's giving strong cult leader vibes right now. It's very, yeah. very strong cult leader vibes. I'm going to have to check in with uh, Kevin John and find out, did you leave Matt unattended at any point? Like, how 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 much did you keep an eye on Matt during have this you, trip to Have Utah? you met Kevin Johns? It's, well, it's very possible that he's the Thurl Bailey in this situation. <laughs> I will let you uh, – I'll he's have you home. know – <laughs> Two to three blocks from the Vivint Arena is a museum of the history of the church. That's not a joke. Mm, it's of course. right down the street from Vivint Arena, and they what? weren't selling tickets on Sunday. I was pissed. Oh. Well, isn't there a Scientology building behind Golden One Center? We don't worry about that. We don't worry yeah, about right that. right next to it. Yeah. A, we don't worry about yeah, that. I believe there is a massive building that says, I, I, Matt, I have. Matt, I have the perfect place for you to send a job application to. Oh, God. <laughs> Some people will get that joke. Not everybody Yes. Will. <laughs> we saw there was a building. No, there were, no, there no. were noticeable buildings. Not everybody will get that joke. But, Matt, I've got the perfect place for you to send uh, your resume to. Uh, buddy, you stay committed to the gimmick, man. Um, gimmick? This is a lifestyle. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Sorry, heck. Matt, Matt. Matt's a method actor. He just <laughs> he just stays in character the whole time. It doesn't always work out uh, where uh, James gets to be here on a day that you guys are on, but it's always fun to have yeah. uh, Kings conversations uh, with both of you here. Uh, Locked on Kings available uh, tonight live from the arena. Uh, immediately following uh, tonight's game, make sure you subscribe to the Locked on Kings podcast. Make sure you subscribe uh, to the Kings Beat as well. If you're listening on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app and you want more Kings talk, don't go anywhere. We'll run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 